The Swamp Without a Still is just a tent, a martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones, listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, Mash Minute. Welcome back to another episode of Mash Minute. I am one of your co-hosts in our journey to the swamp, Korea, and into this mess tent. I am Tierney Steele. And I'm Megan Coleman. I'm Travis Bow from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. Welcome! <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're just dropping you in right here. (laughs) This is Minute 48, which starts with Henry, Leslie, and Radar walking across the compound. And it ends with Henry asking Radar what Hawkeye and Burns are talking about inside the mess tent, which all sounds very innocuous. (laughs) Totally. But welcome to MASH. Welcome to MASH, where it's not exactly. We believe the worst swear words, but we uh, discuss mature content. That is really unfortunate that the ice cream truck is going by as I said that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if it was where I was. I was like, wait, is there an ice cream truck? No. What's going on? Like looking out my window, like, where is it? The <laughs> Wilhelm Scream ice cream truck is going down my street. I love summer, but I hate summer. So why don't you guys talk about what happens in this minute and I will try and save my insights for after it moves on. You mean after you get back from going to get a bomb pop? Yeah, is that what you're really saying, Tierney? Are you are you gonna leave Korea to get some ice cream? What? What? Nothing's happening. Let's talk about 1970s-50s war. <laughs> While there's an ice cream truck being like, everything's sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows! Yeah! I freaking <laughs> love this little exchange when Volmer runs up. How was your visit? Oh, it's great. The general <laughs> oh, yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> it wasn't there. <laughs> I like Volmer a lot, especially in this minute. Just the, uh, you know, I- I'm sorry, sir. There's just nothing I could do about it. <laughs> the colonel just like, oh, well, I... Yeah, what does he say? The He's like, well, it could have been help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't ask for any further details. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what happened? Can you blame him? That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Sure. It sounds all good. He's just, he's so cheerful. He's great. That's <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I feel really weird. So, Volmer is quickly becoming, like, one of my favorite characters doing this minute by minute. And this sort of exchange is exactly why. His little awkwardness, the the fact that he's like running while saluting, you know, saluting while he hasn't even come to a stop yet. But I realized it's weird. I also love Leslie's eye roll, like behind Blake's back. And I don't know what it says to me that I enjoy both these sides of like these contradictory reactions. I like how when uh, the colonel says, you know, the thing about the general not being there, it kind of throws off Volmer. (laughs) And he has a long pause where just like, oh, and then like kind of regathers himself to to then talk about what happened last night. But yeah, it throws him for a loop. It's a really good take. Mm. 
I don't still get, I mean, I guess I know why Quake doesn't go in the tent, but it kind of strikes me as funny that he just sort of like peers in. Like, oh, let's just stand here awkwardly with Radar and just, you know, I'm sure there's a door like Mm -hmm. right there. (laughs) You could be warm. Or warm-ish. I don't know how warm these tents really are. Warmer. Take off your cup. Warmer. But I mean, it sets it up really funny, though, for comedic effect later on. Yeah. Well, because Radar walks over there. I love that as soon as Volmer comes up, Radar is just like, whoop, I'm going this way. I'm going this way. <laughs> I think we've all done that at some point in our lives. <laughs> and so I, I guess it makes sense that Blake goes and joins Radar. I love that Leslie just stands there like... I'm not getting involved in this <laughs> like, at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not staring in the window. Like, what's going on? <laughs> or the window. Leslie is <laughs> Team Megan. <laughs> she, she's like, I'm just. I'm not looking through this plastic. Like, come on. The th- weird part to me about this kind of setup is is Hawkeye is doing this regardless of the fact that the Colonel is is standing, you know, basically right outside. I do think that he, we see him kind of look to where Radar and the Colonel are positioned. And I I think he then figures out, okay, here's how I'm going to play this and how I'm going to keep pushing Frank. But it's interesting that he starts going down this path without the Colonel being there. It's not like they planned this uh, setup Oh, yeah. Well, he's not wearing his glasses at first. I wonder if... Hmm. Yeah. I wonder when... Like, are we supposed to think he doesn't know the colonel's there? Like, he was going to do this regardless? You're right. He does put the glasses on after the colonel shows up. And I... I this... Is, Mm-hmm. This conversation is a perfect example of why I'm kind of a hypocrite in that I <laughs> criticize Trapper for doing a lot of things that I give Hawkeye a pass on. And mm. I really do think it is, as we saw in the last minute, as we've seen this minute, Trapper is cruel to Margaret. Hawkeye is cruel mm-hmm. to Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're both being awful. The fact that he's like, you know, that was sort of the basic question. Like, everyone is talking about this. He is not making any points to Frank that weren't just made to Margaret. And yet, I don't know if it's me sitting here in my womanness, but it bothers me so much more when Trapper does it to her. Mm. Whereas this, I'm like giggling at. Well, Frank is my favorite person to hate, so. (laughs) See, it was (laughs) interesting going through this and seeing Frank, because I forgot that it was Robert Duvall as Frank Mm. Burns, you know, until I watched the minutes. And I remember watching the series, you know, episodes here and then uh, as a kid. And I remember how much of a a goof uh, (laughs) Frank was played in that in that show you know he was like this hot-headed clown that they were always pulling scams on or or just he was always just set up to be the fool and so then to retroactively see Robert Duvall playing that character was really strange for me because he doesn't this Frank does not seem like the clown the one in the series is you know he's being made a fool of here Certainly, but he's not the goofy sort of, I don't know, fool that the series went with. And it makes sense. I mean, they're making the series to appeal to a broader audience. But um, yeah, this was definitely a strange character. But I ended up really liking Frank's journey. (laughs) That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, there's an intensity (laughs) just to having Robert Duvall there. 
Yeah. He yeah. doesn't even have to do anything. The way he says, mind your own business is so much more like Larry Linville is fantastic, but he cannot make Frank Burns saying, mind your own business sound in any way threatening. Yeah. yeah. It's just not possible. Oh, oh, no, I have this minute. I do believe that Hawkeye is the first one other than Duke to refer to Houlihan as hot lips, which I feel oh, like yeah. makes it official in a way that, you know, if if only Duke had right. called her hot lips, that's different. That's like Duke's His name nickname. for her. But now mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, this is who this is now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was interesting watching. I, I rewatched the movie earlier today mm-hmm. um, after having, you know, watched the minutes. I had I'd done my notes on, on the three minutes that got. And then then I watched the movie, like I said, earlier today. And so it was interesting to see where all this set up, you know, for these minutes, where it all kind of stems from. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting seeing Hawkeye and Duke, like their first interaction with Frank. And he kneels at his bed and starts praying. And Hawkeye has this look that in that moment, you can tell that's when he decides I'm either going to corrupt Frank or I'm going to destroy him. (laughs) And it's been, you know... That carries on throughout, you know, that basically this first act of the movie is kind of the downfall of Frank. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it in a few minutes the, where that concludes, but... <laughs> I have a note in a couple of minutes that that will tie in very nicely for, so yeah. I'm glad you have already answered one of my questions, sort of. <laughs> well, my next note is a joke of, like, Duke wouldn't mind some pointers. Because he's like, what's Hawkeye doing over there? And yeah, we're, uh, Duke christens her hot lips and we're going to see the extent of Duke's interest as time goes by. But that's kind of, it just, we've had Duke's horniness with us from the beginning of the movie. So I'm never letting him off the hook for it. (laughs) And then I do have to say, I absolutely adore when Playcast Radar, you know, can you make out what they're saying? Knowing full well, like, Radar can hear everything is, um, <laughs> the, like, response to. <laughs> I mean, he's not entirely lying, right? So. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, he's going to have a good, next- <laughs> he's going to have a good answer for that, but I just love his yeah. initial, like, um. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really like Radar in this. I, I really love Radar and Blake's interactions throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really get it here in this uh, section of minutes with, with the two of them, but I like how they're always talking over each other. But Radar comes out with, you know, you can tell he got both sides of the conversation. You know, he didn't miss a beat. And it's usually Volmer who is left <laughs> like, what, what did I miss? You know, poor Volmer, <laughs> <laughs> my sweet, innocent Volmer. <laughs> <laughs> I have always wondered since a couple minutes ago, what did he do to try and stop this? Because we see him rush out of the poker tent. And I think that's why oh. I'm able to like Volmer. Like, Volmer is a kiss ass who wants to do everything by the book. But he also, right. like, plays poker and, you know, like, has friends or thinks he does. So he's not. <laughs> You know, he's not, he's not like Frank and Margaret in the TV show where everything is like, oh, the army is so great. You know, he's just, he's doing his best. When he rushes out of that poker tent, like, what does he do? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't understand what he thought he was going to do. There are like 20 people in that room with the radio. (laughs) 
maybe he thought he could somehow shut the power off to that you know that radio tent maybe maybe we've seen volmer um, struggling with the radio a couple times so yeah. far i think volmer and his issues with that radio might become an ongoing thing for us <laughs> he just Probably. does not seem to have any luck with it not very good yeah. at announcements no he can't, he can't do the little inputs <laughs> I never even knew Volmer's name before this, and now David Arkin has gone straight to my heart with this, so I'm I'm really glad. Had you seen the movie before I asked you to analyze it a minute at a time with us? I had watched it, you know, some point in the mid to late 2000s, I think just on a, on a whim, I decided to check it out. I, I couldn't remember why I decided to watch it, but yeah, I just watched it the one time, yeah, several years ago now. Mm. So watching it then, and then these three minutes last few weeks, and then uh, rewatching the movie today has been my really only exposure to the movie. Any particular feelings versus TV show versus other If movie? you even read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no one's read the book. I'm like right. the only one who's like, yeah, there's that book. And they're like, that's cool. Yeah. Definitely have not read the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I watched, some, like I said, some episodes mm-hmm. of the series as a kid. I would kind of be interested in revisiting it. I don't know if it's available anywhere streaming. Um, the Hulu, whole series I think, or anything, has it. I really like the movie, though. It, Yay! Uh, <laughs> wow, you're one of the few people who said that. Oh, really? Oh, you've made yeah. my day. <laughs> There's been a few people who are like, you kind of ruined MASH. And we're like, oh, wow. we're sorry. Um, thanks. Huh. I mean, yeah. The movie, I would say like the, the first and second act of the movie here are, I think, much better than the third act because the third act just kind of becomes this weird, we're going to have a football game. Yeah. Kinda, like, I think it's a weird climactic scene, you know, final sequence or whatever of the movie that doesn't feel like it connects to the Hawkeye Trapper Duke storyline. So it's got a real weird ending, but it fits in better in the book a little bit, but it still is a little, I agree with you. It's a little kind of like, yeah, then there's a football game. Right. And then the end and you're like, okay, (laughs) like really? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess it makes sense, but in a way, like, I mean, you know, the football game kind of, yeah. it's its own thing. It makes sense, but like all together, it is a little, I can in the see movie, it's over, very jarring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see you in, in a book where you have basically a longer period of time to tell the story. It could make sense as an isolated sequence or in a, in a TV series, it could make for a good episode, but to devote as much time to it in a movie as they do felt really strange. Yeah. And the book's a lot more... It's more dark. Okay. Uh, that's too. not surprising. <laughs> Which is not surprising, but yeah. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of, oh, wow. Yeah, because don't we, I don't think we've ever talked about the football game yet. Like, it's been alluded to, but. Mm, okay. It's just fresh in my head since, since, yeah, yeah, you know, since you I just, just watched, watched the movie yeah. a couple hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It is interesting because. You know, that I remembered a football game being part of the movie. I completely forgot about the the side trip to Japan, you know, stuff like that. So some of that was a real, oh, and the, uh, the painless, you know, sequence, that was a real weird scene. Yeah. Have fun with that one. Yeah, that would be, uh, there's been a few people who have come on and afterwards have been like, I'm really glad, this is great. I'm glad you're doing it, but I'm really glad it's not me. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah when Tyranny suggested it I thought she meant the, the TV show <laughs> and then she was like oh. oh no we're doing the movie and I was like oh okay 
<laughs> you know it hasn't aged so well, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then we're talking about doing Animal House too, and that has not aged well either. So apparently that's our trope, right? Like, let's wow. just do movies that don't age well. <laughs> yeah, that was a Animal House was one of those movies that I had never seen. And I knew that it was on this pedestal of like one of the greatest comedies ever made. And we watched it and I didn't care for it. Uh, I think mainly because, you know, once they get to one of the party scenes, it was like, you know, they just basically not roofied, but, you know, took advantage advantage of this this drunk girl. And it's like, oh, it's it's a hoot, you know, I don't know about that. So that was a real hard watch. Yeah, I I work in the same town as Dartmouth College, which is where the Animal House frat is based off of. So (laughs) I sort of love it for different reasons. And like, it's kind of anti Ivy League school. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh. Yeah, college. Uh, there's a the co-op up there actually sell for. I don't know if they still do, but when I was in high school, they sold the John Belushi like college shirt, okay. and it was always kind of ironic to me of like, okay, so you're this institute of higher learning, you're supposedly one of the best colleges in the country, and yet you're just buying into this whole let's drink Wednesday to <laughs> yeah. to Sunday mentality of right. Let's see just what happens. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, it was interesting watching this. And realizing that I think without with without this movie, I don't think you get stripes and porkies and meatballs and oh yeah, maybe Revenge of the Nerds to some degree. It, it kind of ha- I think a lot of those movies have some have I don't know some sh- some pay homage to this movie in, in in a way. It's kind of that you know you take these guys out of a military environment, you put them on a college campus, and it is that's true. House, yeah, it's Animal House. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, what was, Altman was like one of the, well, he was in the new Hollywood director, so to speak, but he was okay. like the oldest. Like he, I think he could have, was old enough to have served during World War Two. Oh, wow. If I remember correctly. And everyone else was like, you know, in their like 20s and 30s and he's like in his 40s. Hmm. Um, didn't quite fit in age wise, but everyone lumped him in with the whole like, you know, oh, they're spicing up Hollywood. They're, you know, turning it on its head. And right. I don't have much else in my notes at the moment. That's really interesting. <laughs> it all kind of goes into the next minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no fun. Patrick is a sweet kid. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> he heard that ice cream truck and just he's like, "I want that ice cream." <laughs> you guys talking about my son? <laughs> Sorry about that. We had to do a diaper change, and now he's like, "What do you mean it's not morning? You picked me up." <laughs> and you're Where's like, my "No." Breakfast? Where's my purpose? Hopefully he'll fall asleep pretty soon once he, because he's so tired. I mean, he's lying down. He's just no. He 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 sounds it. He sounds like yeah. he's like, oh, I hate life. Yeah. Why am I awake? To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, that's me at six a.m. If I was allowed to do this, I absolutely would <laughs> at my desk. <laughs> so, did you guys solve world peace? Yeah, no, pretty much. How's how's it going? <laughs> We talked some football game. Ooh. Some animal house. Ah, I love it. Yeah. Um, Apparently, our tyranny, our trope is movies that don't age well. Yeah. (laughs) 
that we love anyway, despite that. <laughs> I was saying that I think if you don't, if there is no mash, mm-hmm. I, then I think you don't get movies like Porky's and Meatballs and Revenge of the Nerds and, and movies like that. So I think it's kind of the proto frat boy college antics sort of uh, movie. Now, is it better that the antics move to actual frat boys instead of former frat boys like in this movie? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Ooh. Because hey, these are all grown-ass men with kids who mm, should that's true. be adult, but clearly aren't. <laughs> and still, in some cases, have nicknames related to their frat boys days. Trippers. Exactly. So, uh, Whereas Revenge of the Nerds, not a great look, but at least they are actually college students. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? It is. It, it's, I feel like, slightly more excusable to be an idiot when you're 19 <laughs> as opposed to Versus in your 40s. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're 39. Like, maybe you should have figured some of this out yeah. already. No? Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have any else but luckily we had already talked about a bunch of them before i had to run away temporarily it's all good yeah i think we we had a a good you know little a few minutes to talk about the movie and beautiful i love it and i am down with anyone who will help bolster our claim that animal house is a sequel to mash (laughs) oh yeah i didn't actually mention that part but yeah that's true yeah yeah megan and i we're working on it. Would yeah, also like to ruin yeah. people's lives by making them think about Animal House one minute at a time. <laughs> we'll have fun. <laughs> we'll have fun. I I always say, Talga. record the Talga. podcast you would like to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're we're going to tackle that. And we were trying to figure out this whole in-universe thing where it's like, mm. okay, Animal House is a sequel. <laughs> it does have Donald Sutherland. <laughs> yeah. Donald Sutherland, you know, who knows what happened on that trip home from Korea. He might have changed. He might have changed. <laughs> Could have seen some things this. in Korea we don't know about, right? This Hawkeye would smoke pot in a bathtub. Oh, totally. <laughs> we don't see him do that, but he would. I could see him doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, this place is horrible. There's not enough alcohol. Let's just throw some marijuana in the mix, right? <laughs> see what happens. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we are going to get more of this conversation because I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, my other recurring character, other than Volmer and his radio, is the singing Sutherland. and I'm, But his lines here are a little bit more direct. Mm. And I think it's like you said, I think because he is... Well, I mean, obviously he's doing this on purpose. But you know what I mean? Like, he has an end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. of yeah. driving Frank nuts. And so we don't get as much singing in this episode as we do in some others with this character. Hmm. Just the way he, even when he meets Trapper, he's like, I don't know who you, stranger, but your face oh. is familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's been a few of those, like, scattered throughout the movie, where it's okay. just like, is he talking or is he singing at this point? Like, yeah, is that how yeah. you memorize your lines? He's got a little lilt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, none none of these are too big. Although we do get him playing with his glasses, which yeah. is his go-to when he needs to be busy. I really like now that you say that and I'm, I'm letting the minute just loop. He has this one little thing that he just kind of throws in there right at the end where he's asking him about the way she... Yeah. You know, what, how she 
moves around or whatever. And then he just adds <laughs> the, Beautifully uh, done. <laughs> you know, what would you say about that? And it's almost an under, under your breath. And, you know, because you sent me the minutes with uh, the subtitles, it really helps, but it's almost mm -hmm. something that you could probably miss. But I think that is one of the, we get a great reaction shot from Frank, <laughs> but that's one of the little things that uh, helps to push him over the edge. So. <laughs> like sitting up a little bit taller mm -hmm. <laughs> like you didn't just say that did you <laughs> but i should ignore you but i heard that yeah <laughs> it's gonna get meatier <laughs> i love screw it i'll say it again tomorrow too uh, i hope this isn't an over the weekend episode but whatever <laughs> in minute 49 this fight is one of my favorite things <laughs> so i am very excited <laughs> for Donald Sutherland and Robert Duvall to advance this. We have been telling people that they can find us by going to mashminute.com and we have links to all our stuff there, including our Facebook group where people can talk about MASH and hopefully you are not alone in enjoying this movie. You're not, don't worry. <laughs> Is there something you're working on now that you want to put out into the world? Absolutely. Uh, like I said at the top, you can find me on Real Comic Heroes podcast. That's where I go through a big list of comic book movies. Uh, my partner over there, Patrick, we uh, yeah, have a big list of movies and mostly comic book movies, but we go through it chronologically and just kind of, it's a, it's a movie review podcast. So at the time of this recording, we're in the late 80s. We're about to do Ghostbusters 2 and then 1989's Batman. So things like that. Um, we just did the uh, Star Trek five. So there's a lot of movie franchises that we get into. So check it out. You can find it easily. Just search real comic heroes. That's real with two E's and you'll find the show just about anywhere. God, you guys have some great stuff coming up. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the mid to late eighties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Cause we don't have a sign off. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like I was like, there's something else I should do. And I'm like, Nope, I'm good. <laughs> Mash Minute.